0: Charles Spurgeon was a man that God used and millions are still being impacted by his kingdom work. As we examine his life and ministry, we hope to strengthen today's church and bring glory to Christ. My name is Joel Littlefield, lead pastor of New City Church in Bath, Maine, and I'm joined by my brother in Christ, Josh Whitney. Welcome to the Spurgeon Maniacs podcast.
1: Seems natural. In my book,
0: I do have a I have a book in my brain uh, yep. that I've written about Sus- Susanna Spurgeon okay. and all of her thoughts about <laughs> actually that's not good. <laughs> Why do I get myself into these things, man? Gosh. Uh have you uh there is a book called um, Susie? Oh really? A book that she wrote. I've heard is a, it's really good. Yeah.
1: Huh. I'll have to give it a. I'll have to give it a good. Re- have you read it? Read it. <laughs> I was hoping <laughs> you would say that. I was trying not to smirk at I you. I own it. No, I haven't read it. No, I.
0: It's good. Hey, so we uh, episode three dropped today.
1: Mm-hmm. Because we're I, recording on Mondays. Yeah. So literally today.
0: Today, yeah. I I'm really really excited that we're doing the one episode a week. Um,
1: mm-hmm. how, and
0: are you, I'm talking to you now, not you, but you, you, the listener, you, the listener, you who are listening I'm right just now, sit over intently here. to my voice. I really hope you're enjoying what you're listening to. We're, 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 we're working like crazy to try to get this out there. And I, I mm. say that unashamedly, we really believe that this is good content, um, that people will be blessed by. So I yeah. hope, I hope you are. And if you've not gone on to, iTunes yet or whatever platform to leave a review and, and just share with us what you, what, how you've been blessed. Would you just do that?
1: Yeah. What what's, what's holding you back? What's holding you, know? you back? Why don't you love us?
0: <laughs> we are not needy. The Lord like is my this. shepherd. I shall not want.
1: I was trying to think, <laughs> uh, I'm terrible. At, I'm terrible at making up jokes tonight. Uh, yeah. this might be,
0: what's the joke that the guy told us in the cafe?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what is the difference? between a well dressed man on a bicycle and a poorly dressed man on a unicycle. What is it? Attire. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's good. Uh that is uh, a dad joke. Did dad jokes
0: exist in Spurgeon's time?
1: Didn't he I mean not that he told dad jokes, but what didn't he have like some humorous humorous um letters and what oh, is yeah. the silly word I'm trying to think of? I've no so I've noticed this in the podcast, and probably other people have as well. I struggle with finding a word. It happens all the time. Like you,
0: like me, a like, word for you to use.
1: Like I'm trying to think of whatever the word is called when you're writing something mm-hmm. as a means to communicate, but it's not an article. Is it a lecture? <laughs> what am I trying to think of? Well, there are lectures. There he, are lectures. He did lecture. And he did write articles newspaper, newspaper articles. articles. I'm trying A to Column? Th- column? No. Essay. An essay? I'm trying to think of an essay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, like uh, G. K. Oh, yeah. G. K. Chesterton. Oh yeah. GK Chesterton. Do you know what that's from? Nope. Babylon B podcast. Ooh. Whenever cool. they quote uh, G. K. Chesterton, they do this like clip overlay. Do they like quote him a lot? A lot. So it started with it started with um with Ethan. He's not on the podcast anymore, but he is an avid fan of GK Chesterton and had like a, a reading club with other people and like it was this movement and uh, of guys who really love GK Chesterton. So he quoted him a lot. And so they made this sound clip whenever he would go. So I remember GK Chesterton wrote an essay once and then there would be this overlay GK Chesterton. <laughs>
0: That's awesome, man. <laughs> I don't listen to them enough apparently because I've oh. never heard that. Yeah, really. Yeah, oh. I, there's a, there is a show I want to listen to because I just saw that they interviewed Elon Musk or something like that. The Babylon Bee.
1: Oh yeah, that was. Oh, that was, was that a while ago? That was like oh, a, it just came up again. They must
0: have reposted it then. Probably like, where, like he considers like says, well, you know, I would, I would follow Jesus if or oh, whatever no. or something like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you not see it? No, I did. Oh, you did. Okay. What's S- it? Uh, so it's not as good as as that. It it's was actually not. so it, it caused a little bit of controversy amongst oh, okay. people, and it was really frustrating because they do these ten questions, and at the end of these ten questions, where they're talking about like you, whiskey or beer, pipe or cigar, they go through these, and then the uh, tenth question is, "Would you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior right now?" And that's, they do that. They d- they do that. That's like
0: the, that's like the anxious seat. Charles yeah, three.
1: but they made it like a joke, be okay. like, and they were like, "Elon, what? I mean, could you just do us a solid?" And like, it, it just it, do us it, a
0: solid and accept Jesus as your Lord. Yeah, <laughs> it, it. Oh my word! It, it,
1: it just flattened it. It's like, yeah, it, it. It was very disappointing to hear someone who loved the Babylon. I know their whole goal in life is not to win the nations over for Jesus. Like mm-hmm. they, their satire, and they do an excellent job. But it just it cheapened the gospel to be like, can you just do us a solid? And then they laughed about it when he said, "I'd think about it." And be like, that counts. That's almost one. And like, oh, oh, this is not word. the gospel, guys. But th- I still like them. I still listen to them. Um, but they're not an even. They're not an evangelizing podcast. So you just have yeah. to think about that. Some Christians just don't have the same. I don't know. Priorities. Is that yeah. the right word I'm looking for? No, yeah, I guess so. Well, but it was an inter- It was a very interesting interview. They did a good job. Nice. Y'all yeah, have to check it out. Yeah. Hey, what did you think of Tim Challies? That was awesome, wasn't it? Oh my gosh, that was so awesome. I can't believe you asked him that question, though. Like, that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking? You'll have to listen to find out. But no. they're not going to hear this until
0: afterwards, right? In, in case you guys don't realize what's happening. We, <laughs> we're recording this episode, and but... It's not as good as we're doing this Tim on Charlie's Eve. Yeah, exactly. So we're about to interview <laughs> Tim Challies tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. We could. Anyway, I'm all yeah. confused now. But his interview is going to go before this one because yeah. he's just better than the two of us. So well, anyway. I think that's debatable, it but is, well, <laughs> I'm working
1: on it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So anyway, but it was a cool interview. <laughs> I'm assuming I'm so. I'm just anticipating. <laughs> I'm anticipating. It uh, might be like a total train wreck. <laughs> and at the end of it goes i don't even know why i bothered to say yes to this yeah exactly <laughs> no I am, I am i'm i'm crazy excited yeah me too yeah so this for this episode we are this is actually a,
0: finishing up a two part series yeah the first one was a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. um, but it still hasn't aired yet yep <laughs> <laughs> but we recorded it our timeline so is all messed up this one this was time, a couple of weeks ago which so you won't
1: hear for a week from today dude, but it will I be i am
0: so confused so this one is actually not going to be for about <laughs> Four, three weeks. Three weeks. Okay.
1: Hmm. So we're recording with Tim Tim tomorrow. That one's going on Monday the 27th.
0: Okay, Monday the 27th.
1: And then this is part two of something yes. that will be sent the following Monday right, in so April. Part
0: one of this series is going to be on April 3rd. Yes. And then part two, this one that you're this hearing banter right now that you're is hearing. <laughs> on April 10th. Today is April 10th. Isn't April 10th a good day?
1: Oh, my gosh. I, I love, I love April day. 10th.
0: Yeah. My birthday's
1: in 12, 13 days. My birthday's in 16 days. Happy birthday. Hey, happy birthday. <laughs> Dude. I, I, I
0: don't even know if people enjoy listening to this. Like, I just picture people because I I, re, I listen to these ahead of time when you send me the, the raw recording uh, when yeah. it's about to it go. And I play yeah. it for a little bit. And I'm like, my family's probably thinking, these guys are idiots. <laughs> No, they don't think that about their dad. Who
1: put these people in charge of talking about this oh great, his, like, historical pastor? <laughs> mm. So, as I was saying, this is part two
0: of a series. Really, we've been looking at Spurgeon's uh, a little bit of Spurgeon's uh, married life. Yeah. And so, last episode of this series, we talked about Spurgeon's uh, really unique, um, awesome love for his wife, and got to delve into some of uh, even a specific. Part of uh, a situation where she was, they were moving, and Spurgeon just really cared for and loved his wife, and so we saw some great biblical principles. And so today, for part two, we're just reversing that a little bit, and we're going to look at Susanna Spurgeon and her love for Charles. Mm. And uh, so the, the, the Spurgeon her loved her hubby. Mm. Hmm. Figure out which that is way. in your book, yeah, which <laughs> is in my book. That's right, that the you book wrote on my Susanna. Head. Yeah, I wrote that on Susanna. <laughs> so. Yeah, so in our last episode, we we looked at that heartfelt letter written from Charles to Susanna during a time of difficulty and saw a great amount of Christ-like love from Charles. And today we're taking a brief look at Susanna Spurgeon and some evidence we have of what kind of a wife she was to Charles. So any of the ladies that are listening, wives, uh, what a great opportunity for you to listen in and just be encouraged and uh, strengthened in something that we know is important to um, are uh, to the body of Christ. I'm going to reach over and grab Josh's phone. because There, you got it.
1: I was going to help you. Oh, man, I was trying to it's be okay. not a distraction to That's you. Okay, man. No, you were. All right, back <laughs> to it. Uh, <clears throat> so
0: we should emphasize again in, in this episode how important it is that husband and wife walk in unity and oneness in all things. So Ooh. that was certainly emphasized last time. For sure. So we, along with Spurgeon... Believe that God designed husband as the leader of his home and spiritual head of his wife. Also, we agree with Susanna in that she saw her own role as Charles's wife as a helpmate to him. She saw that. Not inferior. We would never say as, as complementarians uh, that Josh and I both are. We would not say that this means that woman is inferior, yeah. uh, she is not degraded. Um, not, this is not to say that some men wrongly uh, degrade women, but that's not what this is. That's not what biblical complementarianism is. Um, but in fact, that she is a complement to her husband, an actual a meat, a something that is not meat, but a help meat, right? That's the, that's yeah. the biblical <laughs> the, understanding. <laughs> uh, not the worldly. <laughs> Josh is looking at me like, did you just say as meat? Yeah, yep. it'll be all right. So we're blowing <laughs> up schools and all kinds of stuff. Oh all right. Oh, we see this especially. All right, let's come back to reality here. Yeah. Yeah. We see this in times of, of, of great pressure and pressing. Under pressure, we see the truth revealed. And Spurgeon was not short on pressure in his life. And as all of you married people know, when one member of the marriage suffers, both suffer. This was recorded In 1903, an issue of The Sword and the Trowel. This was 11 years after Spurgeon's death, and Susanna reflects, and here's a quote from Susanna Spurgeon. When the storms come, and our trees of delight are bare and leafless, when he strips us of the comforts to which his love has accustomed us, or more painful still, when he leaves us alone in the world to mourn the absence of the chief desire of our heart, to sing to him then to bless and praise and laud his dear name then, this is the work of his free grace only. Susanna's reflection on her husband's death is exactly what we'd expect. In April 1854, the year they met, Spurgeon heard of his future wife's spiritual struggle and began to encourage her in her faith. His first gift to her was, can you guess? Of course you can guess it, you're looking at my
1: notes. I actually knew this. Oh, you did already? Cool. Yeah. It
0: wasn't a Bible. So, listeners, think about it. What was it? I'm going to give you two seconds. What was Can it? Can I give a hint?
1: Yeah. It, other than the Bible, it is the most sold book. Yeah. Still to listen. Yeah. That is cool.
0: It is cool. I knew that, but I forgot about that. Yeah. And now I know it again.
1: Now you know it again. Pilgrim's Progress. <laughs> <laughs> that was his first gift to her. Ian's screaming right now. No, not his. Yeah. That was who? Ian who?
0: Kirkham. Oh, Ian. That's okay. like his that's like his nice. thing. Is that's like right. he's been right. hounding me for a while now. Ian, if you're listening, thank you. Shout thank out. you for being our biggest fan, Flan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you should have put him in
0: custody. <laughs> <clears throat> so what did she she returned the compliment with a gift? Another famous reformed work. What was that? So his first gift to her was Pilgrim's Progress. How did she return the favor? What did she give to him? Oh, none I other. Didn't know this. Than Calvin's Institutes. Isn't that awesome? What an awesome thing. Yeah. Uh, I've not read that cover to cover, but it is a, it is well, a, it's piece a pretty of, light read. It's pretty light read. Um, anyway, that's off topic. Spurgeon wrote this on the inside cover. Blessed may she be among women. How much of comfort and strength she has ministered unto me. It is not in my power to estimate. She has been to me God's best earthly gift and not a little even of heavenly treasure, has come to me by her means. She has often been as an angel of God unto me. She was by his side through deep depression, after the famous, some of you might know this, the Surrey Gardens Music Hall fire. It was a great scare. It actually never happened. It was was all staged. Hmm. Through theological controversy, she stood by his side, and even physical ailment, both his and her element. Susie was faithful to Christ and a supporter of her husband, but not without her own accomplishments. One testament of both her love for Christ and her husband is seen in her most impressive endeavor. 1875, and Charles had written lectures to my students. Susie expressed the desire for every pastor, for every excuse me, for every pastor in England to receive a copy of this book. And Spurgeon encouraged her to pursue this dream. And the book fund was born. So that's one of her greatest endeavors, the book Mm -hmm. fund. By the time of her death in 1903, she had given over 200,000 books to over 25,000 pastors through this book fund. A wife's love for her her husband cannot be measured in how many of his books she can move. But with Susie and Charles, we see a deep and abiding love for each other and for the ministry that they were called to in preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. What a great... What a great love, right, that Susie had. And I just uh what an awesome thing that her support for him and then his love for her, it went even beyond his his death and she continued to even support and love him even after he was gone. Mm. So what do the scriptures say about this love of a wife for her husband, Josh? Yes. no pressure,
1: no pressure, um, just picking the perfect way. No. So I I think we're going to keep it pretty close to what we did last week, just because it's the it's one of the most beautiful ways that we see in Scripture of the relationship between husband and wife. And that obviously comes from Ephesians five. And that is uh, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church his body, and is himself its savior. Mm. That this role that we see of wives, we, we, we went over a little bit of it when we talked about the role of the husband last time, which, again, is coming out later, but you heard this last time, is not as what it seems immediately up front that this wonderful role of the husband to lord his authority over his wife. Mm -hmm. Same way in this, that a wife's (coughs) best duty is not to be quiet and wait for her husband to give her the right order and then she carries out that order. Mm -hmm. But this beautiful submission that even though she is an autonomous person who can think and is clearly, in in Suzanne's case, an intelligent, wise woman, intentionally coming under her husband to to follow his lead in the home Mm -hmm. and not only so we see husbands to love as christ loved we see that women are to submit to their husbands not just as to submit to them but as to the lord the ultimate the ultimate way that a that a wife submits is ultimately because of christ so it's a beautiful picture. I, I won't carry this on as I normally have, and I, I think keeping it pretty short and sweet to that is going to be good. And then we're gonna discuss it more in this later topic. But just that beautiful submission that often gets overlooked because submission means authority blatantly ruled over, as we see in the handman's tale, handmaid's tale, excuse me, and all this stuff. But it's it's a wonderful way that we actually see intelligent wise capable, powerful women instead of lording whatever they want over their husband, accepting what Christ has done in his submission and doing the same submitting to their husbands, but ultimately submitting as to the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Hey everyone. This will only take a second of your time to tell you about our conference and a special deal. Our conference is officially official. That means our first annual Spurgeon Conference will be held at New City Church, 150 Congress Ave, Bath, Maine, on May 26th and 27th. The first night's going to include an opening to the conference, dinner, and a live recording of Spurgeon Maniacs. The next day will be packed with sessions from James Runahan, Jeff Chang, Ed Romine, and our very own Joel Littlefield. We're going to have giveaways. We're going to have lunch, coffee, and wonderful fellowship with the saints. Those of you listening to this podcast, get a special promo code. Go to our link in the show notes to our Eventbrite page and type in the promo code SPURGEPOD. That's S-P-U-R-G-E-P-O-D, and you'll get $20 off that ticket price. We hope to see you all there. Now back to the podcast.
0: Because submission is a, it's a it's a dirty word today, yeah. right? It's just yeah. seen as that to submit means to be inferior. It's to be stripped of all power, um, and your ability to think for yourself. And that's just not what the Bible's saying. It's not what we see here um, anywhere in the record of of Spur- uh, Spurgeon and his wife, Charles Spurgeon and Susanna. Um, but we see this that beautiful complimenting. Now, this just is just one little snapshot, right? We don't, obviously, they had spats, I'm sure. Oh, sure. I'm sure they had issues. He was a celebrity pastor of his day. Like, if mm-hmm. we were to th- go back to the 19th century, like, who were the celebrity pastors? He was one of them. And it's just nice to have on record
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, at least one of a God glorifying marriage between a wife and a celebrity pastor, which I thought it'd be good to, to say that because. <clears throat> You know, it, some of our listeners um, are going to be pastors and leaders, and we all have known and seen uh, sh- uh, ma- marriages come to shambles. Like, so yeah. it's just nice to see. What you, so what do you think that was the key? What's, what's the difference? Um, we obviously, at the end of their marriage, they're still together. Mm. Uh, they parted by death, not by divorce. Mm. Uh, that's God's plan. That's how it should be done. Um, till death do us part. What do you think is the, the primary difference? Um, what, what do you think? Maybe some clues that we have in the stories that we mentioned in the la- these last two episodes. What's, what's going to make for a healthy marriage, even with the pressures of ministry?
1: So I think it's a couple of things. Obviously, all coming from Scripture, one being humili- humility, mm. excuse me. Uh, again, we see a great picture of that in, in Philippians, mm-hmm. that Christ Jesus had not as if he lost everything. But we see there that he had everything, what it was to be in perfect relation with the Father in heaven. Mm. And he laid it aside, not not giving it up to lose his deity, but as it says, um, to not count it as something to be grasped. Mm. He he would lay aside what was rightfully his for a time to show the world what it meant to humble yourselves. And as it says there, to humble himself to the point of death. Yeah. And not just death, but even I love that word even mm. even the death on a cross yeah, even because that. that was in that time the most humiliating public way to kill somebody and Jesus being creator of the world as we read in Colossians was willing to submit himself that way so ultimately I think humility plays a big part in that that even though you might be you might have the right answer I know my wife has done this with me many times where she has the answer that she wants us to do but she will not just move forward on her own instead letting me uh even even ultimately taking too long or what might be but giving giving me that blessing of being the one to lead our family Mm -hmm. when she could just make that decision she it's not she's incapable of knowing how to do something Mm -hmm. but she is Allowing me and and she is submitting herself to me so that I can lead our family well, Mm -hmm. and she's not constantly trying to rob that again So for the husband To to make this kind of relationship work is he is taking on that godly role, Mm -hmm. but what do you think about? um, The other thing but I didn't want to talk too much on that is what do you think about meekness? Mm. In this as well. I don't think meekness gets shared enough with submission. It's true. So yeah I'll just give the
0: classic definition that, or at least the one that's pretty impactful, meekness is not weakness, but it's power under control. Yeah. Right. So it's a great, th- it's, it's uh you have the ability. Um, so I'll, I'll just, so I don't know if this is what you're intending, but like the meekness of a woman. Okay. Yeah. Let's just say, so women clearly have gifts and they're have power in, in, in that sense they're there's are powerful, right. As, as much as any man can be powerful, mm. God given gifts. Um, but what we are called to is to ultimately submit to the lordship of Christ, which brings into it an element of control. And the the one thing in the in the Garden of Eden that tells us that this, there's going to be trouble is that the the woman would desire to have authority over her over her husband, and that would that's actually part, was part of the curse. And so we know that for a woman to have uh, success in her role and her calling as a, as a wife, there's going to need to be self control. And a a handling of the gifts and powers that she knows that she could do, but God has given a role to your husband. Mm, so this yeah. is not a question of ability or can you do it. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's a struggle. So if I could just say right uh, to any any wives, women who listen to our podcast, um, it's certainly not a question of your ability to handle leadership in your home. Mm. It, it it has everything to do with what has God ordered and designed. For there, in order for there to be a healthy, God-glorifying marriage. So, sure, accept the fact that you can do, and probably, maybe, could do better some of the things that your husband is called to do, but that doesn't actually matter. Yeah, What matters is that we submit to the Lordship of Christ and His design for marriage. So, um, oftentimes, that is the struggle. is uh, oh, The wife is looking at the situation going, I could do this better, but you, you need to surrender to, to Christ and to the Lordship. And, and even if it doesn't get done as well as you could do it, know that you are feeding this uh, de- one, this desire and the design of your husband to lead by, mm. by allowing him to lead, mm. by submitting to his leadership. And so we would not be able to say that without also encouraging the husbands to do what, how, how is this going to work? Because, and you already mentioned it with the scriptures, yeah. but husbands have a responsibility also to make this work. And what would that be?
1: That would be to actually lead, to actually, to, to lead. actually do, to do it. Cause if your wife is, is, I know there was a time in my life where I did, I did a very poor job of that. Mm. And it was a great example that I can use for now right here is my wife just patiently waited. Uh, we, she, she, just, she was praying for me. She was giving me hints. We had long conversations, but she just patiently waited for me to actively start leading. Yeah. And she would talk to me about it, about how much she wanted me to start leading. Mm-hmm. And so that would have been a great opportunity to go, well, I mean, I've tried, I've waited, it's been a couple of months. He's just not doing anything, mm-hmm. but she just patiently, patiently waited mm-hmm. and was praying for me. I, I would, man. Christ is above all and we serve him above all, but he was very wise to put this woman before me <laughs> to, to help me become the man I am today. Cause she, she, there's so many opportunities for her to just start taking over cause I was not leading. Yeah. Uh, but she was a wonderful, wonderful blessing for me and prayed for me and, and waited for me to actually start mm. doing that leading. Yeah. And that's hard. I mean, that's meek. That's meekness it for is. sure.
0: And, and of course there are a lot of situations that we, we could describe both of our, uh, unique situations um in give our stories but there are there are some very difficult stories um and people right now that are walking in some things with uneven or unequally yoked marriages mm. um and, and just some deep deep difficulty depending on what the dynamic is at home and yeah. we would just say um still humble yourself before the lord in prayer A- and, yeah. and be be in prayer desperate before the lord um, always watching we just kind of bringing up what we preached on this sunday mm. um but that one that we know that we have nothing ultimately to offer the lord mm. we, it's all by grace that we are saved and and secondly that we need to be mourning mm. mourn over yeah. our own sin so rather than always being the accuser the, the the accuser and saying it's it's my it's my spouse's fault like if if each spouse could look at themselves and say where where is my sin where is my issue and humble mm. themselves yeah it's uh it's extremely important so let's just end on a high note though Yeah. something encouraging This is, um, we see some awesome
1: things in this one and the gifts that they exchanged to each other. There's some practical
0: things here. Like,
1: I don't know. The same way before, like he got her the chandelier because, you know, and so she got, he gave her that wonderful gift of Pilgrim's progress, which would be an encouragement. And she knew her husband being rich in theology and deep in thought gave, gave him a book of same substance. Yeah.
0: And what he wrote on the inside is Mm. is gold. Tells us. Don't don't do it. I'm not. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to do it. He says that uh, just to reiterate, blessed may she be among women. Mm. Well, what a statement just to say about your wife. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what what she had displayed and done to cause this to be the thought of her husband about her. That just goes a long way to say, like, let's be those kind of people in our marriages that give reason for the other person to rejoice in us. You know, like, well, My wife would never say, my husband would never say that about me or my wife would never say that about me. Hmm. Let's give them reason to yeah, live out our lives in such a way that we give them reason to rejoice yeah. in us. Um,
1: Let's not make it hard for our wives yeah. to love
0: us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And and the or other wife, way around yeah. and the other way around. Um, and then he says how much of comfort and strength she has ministered unto me. It is not in my power to estimate like, wow, like mm-hmm. I couldn't even add it up. I couldn't figure that how much she has ministered to me. And then, what about? We'll just um, talk a little bit about the the trial. Like he, he, she went through some stuff with him. Yeah. Like we talk about like what we go through as marriage, as as uh, as married people, um, through thick and thin, like uh, rich or poor, uh, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health. So. We will do this as a separate thing, uh, probably at some point, because it's a significant part of Spurgeon's uh, history. His his depression mm. was really kicked off by that. But did you know about the Surrey
1: Garden? Had you read yep. that before? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Any
0: thoughts? Any thoughts? Uh,
1: Any thoughts a couple. Josh? So actually, I so listening to um, I listened to the volume one of the biography, and she writes in it. Yep. Um, this this particular one and talks about receiving the news of what had happened before her husband came home and she i I can't do it here because i can't remember everything but i remember the way she was describing his countenance Mm -hmm. when he came home that night and you could hear you could i could hear because i was listening to an audiobook but you could sense the her empathy for it like she Mm -hmm. could see what this had done to him that day. Wow. Um, and yeah, it, it it just, it for, for a long time, he didn't even, he couldn't even go up into the pulpit. He tried and amazing. Um, yeah, it was, that was definitely a, a horrific thing. And so
0: then, you want to just give a brief recap? Of what, because we just mentioned Surrey Gardens, and we mentioned a fake, oh, sure. fake fire, like, and we'll do it. Like, I, th- I do think we should do a full yeah. episode on something about this time frame, but like, yeah. just so that listeners know what we're talking about.
1: Yeah. So he's uh, they're they're preaching because they're trying to build the tabernacle, the Metropolitan Tabernacle. So they're meeting in the Surrey Gardens, and it's what eventually seemed to be um, an deliberate scare where someone in the back yells out, "Fire! Mm-hmm. Fire! Fire! Fire!" which caused everyone in the back to panic and try to escape mm-hmm. leading to uh, i mean thousands he 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 had thousands, thousands. of people yep. coming to these sunday services and that just led to thousands of people pushing up against one solid point where people were, and I think, was there three deaths?
0: Yeah, there were deaths that basically ended up being a stampede. People were crushed.
1: Yep, people were crushed to death. Over a fake fire. Over a fake fire that wasn't actually there. There wasn't a small fire that people put out. There was no fire. Um, Just someone trying to cause mischief and a deliberate attack, which was, it was heartbreaking. Didn't have to. This was at Sunday service where we should be glorifying the Lord Mm -hmm. and people had motives in mind to cause cause mayhem
0: man I think that it just makes me think of how prepared a uh, a marriage needs to be one for ministry serving together because they had no idea this was coming yeah and if that marriage was already on rocky soil with disputes and accusations and they weren't built on the foundation that is Christ Mm. Spurgeon could have come home and it would have been what would he have met but he met a, a, he met a loving wife who was ready to, re, to comfort and receive what he, what he had really want, went through, yeah. and then go through years yeah. of depression with him. Um, this caused, this launched deep, deep depression for him, which also tells you how much he cared for his people. Yeah. Like that this would.
1: Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Really terrible thing. <laughs> I don't <laughs> well, know you I wanted thought, to uh, end and Wait, on? did I
0: just go back to a low note? Okay, so this is how we're ending it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I, I had a thought that was in the middle of it that would have just been bad timing. But, you know, when I think of fake fires, you you know yeah. who I think of. <laughs> yeah, you did. You just thought of it. Yeah. Yep. I, I just know. pictured Dwight Schrute in the yep. back of the Surrey Gardens. Like, just Oh, fake. my gosh. Today? <laughs> no,
1: you don't have to quote it.
0: Anyway, that's okay. No, yep. so this was... Uh, all right, so this is about marriage. It's yep. about Susie's love for her husband. I think we get a clear picture of that, and a lot of encouragement for us to sort of just take take home and take to heart. Yeah. Any last words? I mean, you will be living next week, so these aren't your last words. But oh, good. Oh man, weeks? I really paused. And I didn't know what to say. What about your last meal? Last meal, what, dude. What would you choose for a
1: last meal? Goodness, man. I I don't. Uh, I don't even know. Probably something not even that great but i just really like it dude see, so i don't i don't know if this would be it but the first thing that popped in my head was hot dogs and mac and cheese <laughs> that was the f- that was literally the first thing that popped in that's my head that's legit comfort food i yeah. love hot dogs and mac and cheese with kraut do you put yeah. kraut on it yeah big beans i don't have it so we usually don't oh okay but i
0: i do love sauerkraut Dude, tasty I think our listeners are gonna be like what the heck is wrong with these guys they literally went from a low note to yeah. a semi-high note back yeah. to a deep plunge of despair yeah to mac and cheese and hot dogs
1: mm, that's fine sorry guys these are the wonderful highs and lows of the Spurgeon maniacs that's you just, right. when you when you saw maniacs did you think this was going to be a coherent discussion what did you think you were getting gosh you're gonna get highs you're gonna get lows and then you're you're just gonna want to turn it off that's right <laughs>
0: So <laughs> now you kind of know what you might expect if you come to a conference. Oh, man.
1: Come to that conference. Yeah. May 26th and 27th. Oh, it's going to be great.
0: It will be awesome, man. So thanks for the thanks for the great conversation, brother.
1: Yeah. Thanks, man. I hope you guys endure, enjoyed it. Enjoyed I adored it. it. I will. I will. Do endure you endured this. it? I, I did. I, it. I hope it. you endorse
0: it. I mean, endorse it. <laughs> Okay. despite
1: that, (laughs) I hope you guys endorse this because reviews and shares is how more people are going to be able to hear the wonderful content that you guys just heard. That was a segue if there ever was one, man. Of course. Wow. You pitched it right there and I hit it about 20 feet. And that is our podcast. So, yeah, if you guys could give us the five star review. That was almost a word. That would be wonderful. You can find us on Facebook, Spurgeon Maniacs. We also have the private group by the same name, Spurgeon Maniacs, where you guys can interact with one another, share your favorite quotes, discuss this wonderful life that Spurgeon lived through scripture. It will be great. And until next time. Dude, one, one more oh, thing. Oh, one,
0: one more thing. Dude, just let's really encourage registrations. Like, oh, yeah, like yeah, we're, yeah, We are like What? M- a month and a half yeah. away.
1: Yeah, we're a month and a half away. You, if you guys have been listening, you know that promo code. That's twenty dollars off the ticket price. Uh, you can share that code if you want to with other people. But let's, we, we would love to see a lot of you guys come down to this conference. We've got people signed up already. Uh, there is limited seating because of our facility that we're using. So we did have to put a cap on that seating. But you're gonna see amazing people. Specifically talking about Charles Spurgeon that you don't often get to see. I mean, awesome. James yeah. Renahan, Jeff Chang, Ed Romine, mm-hmm. y- you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Wah-wah>. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm excited. I know, I know, I'm biased because I, I get to go to the church that you're the lead pastor at. But you guys will be greatly ministered by that as well. I know it. And then we're gonna have the live recording. It's just gonna yes. be so much fun, guys. Be good hope to hope to see you guys there. Hope you register. Go to the eventbrite page, type in the promo code SPURGEPOD, and we hope to see you in person. Thanks everybody. Bye.